Welcome to episode number 72 of High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. As always, thank you to Jacques and Winstrong for the wonderful song. This is episode 72. Mike, how's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Well, we have a special scary spectacular show for you guys here. Um, Halloween show here for October 31st of 2014 episode number 72 we're going to talk with uh, elise mcdonough the author of the high times cannabis cookbook as well as marijuana for everybody our new book uh we're going to talk about some scary strains we're going to do a party recap for our 40th anniversary party um strain of the fortnight dr dankenstein questions and answers from our listeners spooky scary halloween night All right, welcome to episode 72. A very scary episode of Halloween-y. Free Weed. Yes, Halloween-y episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, well, we're going to get into some pretty cool, uh, frightening Halloween-related uh, content. But first, we should probably talk about our 40th anniversary party, which was an epic, amazing, incredible time. Yeah, that was crazy. That was uh, about a week ago or two here in New York uh, at the DL. Uh, a lot of celebs, a lot of High Times alums. Uh, yeah, fun times. A lot of uh, advertisers and friends of the magazine, and people came from far and wide. It was pretty pretty exciting. It was. Susan Sarandon was there? Yeah, That's Susan crazy. Sarandon. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Jackie the Joke were... Man, and a lot of people we've had on the show, Rob Cantrell, um, Jordan Rock, uh, yeah, a bunch DNA of DNA guys, uh, yeah, Don and Aaron, Don and Aaron, mm-hmm. and um, Tony from River Rock, and yeah, people from really all, from all over uh, the globe. And it was cool because you know we got to celebrate forty years of uh, sort of being part of the counterculture by illegally partaking in marijuana in the middle of New York City. <laughs> so fitting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a piñata filled with joints at one point uh, that was unceremoniously uh, bashed open to reveal <laughs> reveal the joints there was uh um you know a lot of friends like i said from all over so you know people who've been involved in the whole new york uh you know herbal scenes and 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 cultivation scenes and um all that so that was exciting it and, was uh, and then yeah, just our friends uh ben from uh Ben Sinclair from High Maintenance, which uh, is going to be a great show. We got to get them on. At yeah, some point. we do. I, I don't know if uh, our listeners are familiar yet with High Maintenance. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, they started sort of as an internet uh, YouTube kind of uh, show, right? Right. And right. then that and got signed, yeah. and yeah, they're the first uh, series on Vimeo or Zimeo or some, somewhere. So yeah, very exciting. Um, for but them. it's you know what it is? It's sophisticated pot humor. You know, like so often 
pot humor on television or on the internet or whatever is just like lowest common denominator, munchy jokes, oh, you know, silly stoner. It just portrays pot use as, as exactly how it is, which is people smoke pot and go on with their lives and it's just part of their daily I think Entourage did it as well uh, well yeah, not the first to use that the more sophisticated pot humor but but definitely uh, taking up a part of the market that is there right now absolutely. I mean, there's a place for that kind of thing very want very it. funny very sly very subtle and very funny humor our friend Abdullah from uh, Vice and, and the Weedy Cat column has been, a, has been on the show but yeah we digress the party was fun it was yeah, it was a blast. So in the parlance of our times, uh, mazel to everyone who attended. <laughs> okay. Uh, one more bit of housekeeping before we get into some of our fun stuff for today. Um, we are excited to announce uh, the launch of Cover to Cover. It's every issue of High Times ever digitally. Every page of every, page. every issue. So you can literally – you can go right now and check out com and actually um, – sample for free and just look at what you know what the format's like what it's going to look like and then for i think uh what is it like 4.99 you can get every issue uh four dollars and 99 cents a month i think every issue or access to every issue that ever existed including uh i guess if you get a subscription you get the the newest issue too and that's something yeah so if you do the whole year it's 4.99 a month that's what it works out to and you get complete unlimited access to all of our archives as well as the new issues. You can look at issue number one right now, the first ever issue from 40 years ago. You can check that out for free. There's a few other issues from other decades that you can take a look at for free. Um, But most importantly, you now have access to every single page, whether it be uh, Hunter Thompson or uh, uh, Tom Robbins or all of these people who were published in High Times Magazine, uh, you know, Ratso, Sloman, William Burroughs, all that stuff Terry from Southern. the 70s, the 80s, Terry Southern, all the the amazing archives. If, you're, if your grandpa had a garden that was featured in 1979 in the centerfold, you can now access digitally that issue and that centerfold. Um, so it's an invaluable resource, I think, for people who are doing research, for people who are interested in the 40-year history of high times and, and drug culture, marijuana culture, uh, legalization efforts. Um, advancements in growing technology and grow light technology and hydroponic equipment. It's just a completely invaluable resource. And if you're a grower, forget about it. It's every single grow article that's ever appeared in High Times Magazine. So uh, for the cost of one grow book, you have uh, just a huge, vast resource of uh, information on cultivation, on legalization efforts, on literature, uh, culture, even the advertisements, you know, you can check those out. And there's a lot of cool, interesting stuff from way back in the day. Um, some that are still with us and some that uh, that <laughs> moved on over the years. But you can see the progression of the last 40 years of marijuana culture in the pages of High Times at covertocover.hightimes.com. Yeah, and it's cool because, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier. One of the things that High Times really excels at are these photographs. Our photography is incredible, not just the access, but the quality of these uh, shots of marijuana. And we really worked hard to find a partner who could, you know, do justice to that element of the magazine. And we found it. And uh, we're very proud of this, so definitely check it out. You can if, you can zoom in and look at these close-ups if there yeah. was a... a a Tystic photo from the 70s. I literally just got a phone call a little while ago 
um, someone was looking for a tie stick photo from 1979 from High Times. Their their dad or their grandpa was involved in like um, helping that appear on our shores or whatever. And you know, to them, it was a very valuable thing to be able to go and actually see it. And over the years, you know, we have the archives here in print form. And over the years, I've definitely looked things up for people, but um, you know, and we get those type of calls all the time. People doing research for um, papers for school or whatever it might be. Uh, a lot of times, it's people. Hey, their their family got busted, and it was listed in the high witness news or whatever it might be. They they want those copies, or they want to be able to access those. Uh, pages and now you have access to every single page of every High Times magazine yeah. ever. And we're we're primarily excited about this just because we don't have to do the uh, research for you anymore. <laughs> exactly. I have a place to point those people now, and not only that, but they have a place to go and see. I mean, these sometimes it's people who've passed away or whatever it might be. It's their it's their last link to um, whatever it was, and in the past, it's been a shot in the dark of us just basically looking through magazines to try to find these things, you know. And now you can literally do that research yourself. You can access every single page, all the centerfolds, all the beautiful, beautiful pot photography that we're known for, and the you know the changing tides of of pot culture. It's a really an artifact going back to you know the beginning of the the ramping up of the drug war, right up to hopefully what we're seeing now is the last throes of the drug war. Indeed. So not to beat a dead horse here, but, you know, for four ninety nine a month, uh, if you buy the issue on the newsstands, it's five ninety nine. So with this, you get that issue plus all the other ones. Uh, do it cover to cover com. Definitely worth a look. You can preview it right now. Also works on your tablet, your phone, laptop, etc. OK, Denko. Yeah. Uh, it's Halloween, man. Are you a Halloween guy? Of course. You like it? Of you... course. One of my favorite holidays, of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you know, it's the day we teach our kids to uh, go out and take candy from strangers <laughs> because, you know, we're just basically... This, that's a this good is the thing. day we yeah. worship Satan, so right. uh, no rules apply. Adults act berserko and dress up and do weird things, and uh, so will you. And we're going to get you hopped up on a bunch of sugar, so... yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> People dress up. You know, the costumes are always very exciting. New York City has a wonderful history of, uh, you know, the, uh, the Halloween parade being, being quite eclectic and, and quite fun. Yeah, don't bring your kids to that. No, we have a special Brooklyn little kid, little kid one. Exactly. I thought in honor of Halloween, we should take a look at the 10 scariest strain names of all time. Perfect. All right. This is in sort of no particular order. Uh, We're just going to, you know, say one that's kind of frightening and talk a little bit about it. So let's start with Chernobyl. (laughs) Okay. I mean, my God, Chernobyl. you got to wonder maybe the weed is somehow uh, radioactive. Going to cause some kind of mutation if you smoke it, possibly. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, some of our younger listeners may not know Chernobyl was a uh, catastrophic nuclear power plant disaster in 1986 in uh, Danko's home country. And, um, yeah, so... You guys had Three Mile Island, we had Chernobyl. Right. And the Japanese had what they just had. Indeed. So, uh, you know, it it was the worst um, radioactive disaster in the history of the world. Uh, At the time, it killed 31, but, you know, it's caused unknown damage to the people and the surrounding area. But this, uh, this is a strain that... This is really interesting to me. It's a cross between Jack the Ripper and Trainwreck. So even its lineage is terrifying. Right. Yeah. Well, 
such is some of the Slavic traditions in general. But also, <laughs> uh, one interesting fact is that uh, hemp uh, growing is a wonderful way to pull um, heavy metals and toxins and, and radioactivity and things out of soil. I so heard that they planted hemp around the area, right? Indeed. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's not hemp that you can use for any... Uh, it just leaches out the things in the soil that you want to take out and then, you know, you trash it and grow it again. And, and, that, and that way you can kind of heal the soil there as well. All right. And that strain is from... Subcool? Yes, Subcool TGA. and TGA. And he must have some kind of a dark side to him, that Subcool, because he also brought us Jack the Ripper. Well, yeah, Jack the Ripper. I mean, I think, you know, for him it's the nickname because it was a... A, a phenotype of Jack that he he just really loved. I think Jack's cleaner was the uh, the origin, but it's a Jack from you know the Pacific Northwest or out there uh, that he got his hands on and uh, and then refined into you know what he calls Jack the Ripper, which is one of the uh, amazing uh, Jack Herrer uh, phenos or, or you know uh, hybrids that have been made with that strain. And uh, very, very nice, very flavorful. But yeah, it's got that scary name, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, it's named after a, a serial killer from yeah. London in the 19th century. Um, but it was one of your top 10 strains of 2006, I believe. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move on to another scary strain. How about, let's see here, Great White Shark. Oh. Yeah. Are you a fan of the movie Jaws? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is now it's interesting because I actually was reading your uh, field guide to marijuana strains, and you uh, you talked to Franco about this, and he said that it got the name because let me see if I could find the quote. The edges of the leaflets present a very sharp profile, one that reminds me of the teeth of a shark. Interesting. That is interesting. It's also you know uh, from the White Widow family, right? There's a lot of yeah, White Widow, White Rhino. That was like a green greenhouse staples in the in the mid '90s. Um, that you know became the the white widow, the white rhino, the all all the great white shark, and, and and that whole family. Very frosty, very very unique at that time as well. Mid nineties were were not known for um, that type of kind, but yeah. And just like you have to respect the power of a great white shark, you have to respect the potency of great white shark from greenhouse because right. it's a heavy indica. Well, we're gonna need a bigger bomb. Oh, all right. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> all right. So what we got? We had Chernobyl. We had Jack the Ripper. We had Great White Shark. How about MK Ultra? Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, Google it, and you'll be even more terrified. Right. That's actually the government, uh, basically infiltrating every group that they deemed yeah, that, well, that's <laughs> to m- be a threat to them. It's I guess mind and, control. Yeah, and mind they control. LSD and... to dose unsuspecting uh, citizens. They uh, use torture and all sorts of uh, sensory deprivation techniques. So it's a really crazy thing to Not see. Not conspiracy theory either. No, real, real deal. actual stuff that you can Yeah, the reality is actually more disturbing than I think the, the you know, urban legend aspect so of it is. I think so too. I yeah. mean, uh, dosing, dosing people is not cool on our side, so it certainly shouldn't be cool on their side. No, definitely not. And MKUltra is a THC strain. Now, let's go down the rabbit hole a little bit here. Now, TH Seeds took a G13 and crossed it with OG Kush. G13 is the subject of a lot of urban legend. Pe- people think that it was grown in a secret government facility and then taken out and brought to the masses. Now, G stands for government, 13 being the 13th letter of the alphabet, which is M, which stands for marijuana, government marijuana. 
Whoa. Crazy, right? You want to trip go. out even harder? I was just going to say, THC originally was CIA KGB. Yeah. Is that what you were going to say? Cannabis in Amsterdam, killer green buds. Crazy. It makes you wonder. Oh, man, I'm getting a little afraid. MK Ultra. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do a couple more. This is this is fun. Do you, do you watch uh, Game of Thrones? Of course. Yeah. I watch it standing up. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. I watch it standing you can't up. Sit. I mean it's like riveting. Yeah. I'm, I'm riveted. It, it really is. Well And that's just the sex scenes. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, how about White Walker OG from Gold Coast Collective? White Walkers. Some of the most fearsome of the fictional, I hope, characters <laughs> that exist on in Westeros or beyond. Now, let me ask you this, because you this is a cannabis cup winning strain. Uh, you've written For it up. hash and bud. Right. Yeah. Now, does the name have to do with how the bud looks like it's iced? It's like frosted? Yeah, I think it's just covered in crystals, covered in frost. It's an OG Fino that those uh, guys, um, you know, basically have been cultivating and, and concentrating for for a while. And when it's grown properly, it's really, like I said, some of the best pot on earth. That White Walker OG, although the price you pay might be your life. Indeed. From beyond the wall. <laughs> All right. True. Those guys Winter are scary is looking. coming, and that's the messed up thing. Is like People say that in a whispery tone or whatever, but it's, it's actually true. Yeah, winter's coming. Yeah. Right. All right. White Walker OG, uh, that's from Gold Coast. Uh, let's do uh, maybe a couple more here. Our buddy Scott from Rare Dankness, Ghost Train Haze. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. That sounds like a runaway train is about to crash into something and do bad things. Yeah, but it's like a ghost train. Right. Yeah. So what's the lineage there? What do you got there? Uh, I know it's it got, it's got Neville's Haze and uh, some kind of other, maybe Tom Hill or something like that. I, I, I'd have to uh, take a closer look. But I know uh, it, it's one cannabis cups. So I think it won, even won... Uh, uh, highest THC strain on Earth. Yeah, it was the strongest in, strain on Earth uh, right. last year, I think. Uh, tw- uh, 2013. 2013, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a potent, potent strain. I mean, uh, a sativa that really packs a punch. And, uh, you know, Scott, obviously, they, they know what they're doing. He's been on the show a bunch to talk about uh, a lot of their award-winning genetics. And uh, Ghost Train is really one of the signature strains um, that he's known for. Rare okay. dankness. Rare dankness. All right, so we're just about out of time here, but I'm going to throw a couple more at you. If you got anything to comment on, just throw it in there. Ready? Uh, Durban poison. Ouch. Kind of scary. I, I would probably want someone else to try it before I <laughs> have a little pot taster, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've, I've earned that, haven't I? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We need an intern that just tastes pot for you. <laughs> and if it's not potent enough, they just say, no, don't, don't bother. Yeah. Do not waste your time with That's, this, Mr. Danko. I mean, you make it sound like it's frivolous, but it's actually, it would, it would be helpful. That would actually streamline your day a great deal. And things like Durban poison hopefully wouldn't make their way through unless they didn't kill that intern and then... Yeah. Where are we going to put all the dead interns, though? That's the question. We're <laughs> running out of space in this Grind into fertilizer. Oh, okay. That's not a bad idea. That's bone meal, blood meal. It's all right there. Uh, Durban poison. Then you got your train wreck, plane wreck kind of thing. You know? Mm, too nap- soon. Just, okay. All right. Uh, moving on, we have Jurassic Haze. Yeah. Although I'm not inherently just afraid of Jurassic times. There's also lots of dinosaurs that just ate, like, leaves and stuff. Well, that's you could no ride fun. on. You know what I mean? You could probably like jump on them and take a ride. I don't think you could ride a dinosaur. 
like the leaf eating ones, not the not the velociraptors, but like the the more gentle. The leaf, the vegetarian dinosaurs yeah. you would ride. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Darth Vader OG. He's kind of a scary guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, AK-47. <laughs> that's just straight named after a gun. Yeah. Hands up. Arms down. Don't shoot. Hands up. Arms down. <laughs> All right. Whatever it is, get do do what they ask and 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 don't shoot. Indeed. Okay. And I uh, got well, Killer Queen. That. Uh, it sounds like a queen that, that murders people, but I think it's also maybe a queen song. There's a queen song called yeah. Killer Queen. And maybe that Dynamite makes with it, a laser beam. Yeah, it makes it less frightening. And uh, Martian Although Mean Dynamite Green. and laser beams can fuck things up, so... Yeah, but it's figurative. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Martian Mean Green is our last scary strain. Martian Mean Green. Another uh, DNA. DNA? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love smoking it, but... Uh, it kind of takes me to another world. No. Oh. All right, so those are the scariest strains of all time. Hopefully that got you in a bit of a Halloween mood. If you would further like to take this Halloween thing and run with it, uh, get us on Twitter. He is at Danny Danko. I am at Mike Hughes underscore. And tell us what uh, costume we should wear for Halloween. You know, we could be maybe two parts of one horse. We could be a Batman and Robin type situation. Uh, let us know. What should we be? Dan and I uh, need Halloween costume suggestions, so get us on Twitter for that. And then just one more uh, piece of information before we move on. There's some big elections coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, and vote. Don't be the person who complains about the government and doesn't vote. Please don't be that person. That person sucks. <laughs> vote. At least that way you can talk you can about complain. it. Yeah, you have complain. the right to complain Literally. if you vote. Yeah. yeah. But if you do vote, if we get the stoner vote out in Alaska, in D.C., in Oregon, and in Florida, we can make a huge change this Tuesday, November 2nd. Like you can literally – a lot of people can do it right now. You can pre-vote. So please, please, please – do not be the stereotypical stoner who does not vote. Please do the voting. We can change the world. We can change these places. I mean, Florida. You guys, medical marijuana in Florida? You kidding me? Like, game over. I should just, just get I, out there and vote, please. I should interject I, real don't quick. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the polls. Don't believe CNN. Don't believe the press. The numbers are the numbers. If you And, and that's the only way you count. So please get out there and vote, please. It is uh, November 4th, so disregard oh, yeah, November yeah. Did 2nd. Did I say 2nd? Yeah, don't yeah. vote on November 2nd. Vote November 4th. On Tuesday, <laughs> November 4th right. is the day to vote, but you can also vote now in some of those places. I have friends who have already voted, and I love them for that, and I hope that you will do that as well. It, it, there's thousands of you out there, uh, several thousand right here in the United States, so please get out there and vote. Even if your state doesn't have the marijuana thing going, just get out there and vote, please. Indeed, but especially if you're in one of those states, it's pretty amazing. We're in New York. We can't vote for anything. If you are in Alaska... I'm still going to go vote. I'm, I'm in for marijuana. If you're in Alaska, right. if you're in Oregon, if you're in Florida, or if you're in Washington, D.C., go out there and vote. You know? It's Help us change duty. the law. Okay, so uh, that's our public service announcement there for uh, November 4th. Uh, we got a great interview. Tell them about this interview we have coming up. We are talking with a colleague of mine for over a decade, uh, the author of two books, the first being uh, the official High Times Cannabis Cookbook 
And uh, now another book that's just out called Marijuana for Everyone or Marijuana for Everybody. Uh, Elise McDonough, a colleague here at High Times, uh, um, started right around the same time full time and we've been friends and co-workers ever since. She's now the uh, designer of our events. So she's the one responsible for all the uh, amazing, you know, balloons and signage and all the cool stuff you see at the cannabis cups and a lot of other stuff. So uh, yeah, we'll, we're going to be talking with Elise McDonough, a uh, marijuana cookbook author and the author of the most recent Marijuana for Everybody. All right, everybody, we are back and we're very excited to have Elise McDonough. She is the author of the official High Times Cannabis Cookbook, uh, our co-worker and our friend. Welcome, Elise. Welcome, Elise. Hi, everybody. I'm happy to be back in New York. Yeah, and uh, you're the author of the official High Times Cannabis Cookbook, right? And now you have a new book coming out, and it's out now. Yeah, <laughs> Marijuana for Everybody is a Ma new book that's out now. Marijuana for Everybody. Now, what exactly is Marijuana for Everybody about? It basically covers everything you need to know about pot for people who are new to the movement, as well as advice for people who are seasoned tokers. Nice. It also includes ways that anyone can use marijuana, from your grandma to um, your friends, just anything that people need to know about pot and how to use it. Cool, cool. And here on the cover it says, The Definitive Guide to Getting High, Feeling Good, and Having Fun. So it seems like you're covering... Uh, you know, recreational use, medical use, spiritual use, and, and basically all the different ways you can consume cannabis. Yeah, we have sections on how to use topicals, how to use edibles, how to smoke correctly, how to roll the best joints, how to use vaporizers. So for every application of cannabis, there is an explanation of how you can benefit from it. Nice. Is even a thing here that's about how uh, cannabinoids interact with your system, and that's something that's really important that um, people are just now sort of figuring out um, the whole, you know, endocannabinoid system that we have in our bodies that basically requires cannabis. I mean, I, that's why it's marijuana for everybody. You're you're talking about imposing so, some sort of martial law where everybody smokes pot. Well, I'm not really going to be the pull pot of pot, Dan. I think that's <laughs> your uh, mission in life. <laughs> but really, yeah, it's about. Every aspect of cannabis, we get really into the history, really into the science, really into the medical benefits. So it'll answer all of your most burning questions. Nice. There's also a section in here um, called I'm High, Now What? And this kind of focuses on different activities and amusements and things that you can enjoy while baked. Is that right? Yeah, we made up a lot of games. We made up a whole flow chart so you can um, decide how high you are and what you might want to do by answering a series of questions. <laughs> and there's also a lot of games and activities, including an outdoor grower obstacle course and games like hands on a half ounce, where it's very similar to hands on a hard body. But instead of trying to win a truck, you're trying to win a big jar of weed. <laughs> so we want to see how stoners can keep their hands on a half ounce the longest. That's nice. great. And you know, I like the uh, the history of cannabis. It kind of starts with prehistoric pot and goes up to the legalization efforts here in the States. Yeah. It's really interesting. And y you don't just stop at uh, marijuana. You also have a bit about concentrates and BHO in here. Well, that's especially something that's so brand new that a lot of people just have a lot of questions about what is this wax? What is this BHO? What is this shatter? 
So we explain all the different forms of concentrates, how they're made, what you need to know when you're trying to buy them, um, how you can smoke them using these new oil rigs and all the fantastic inventions that have developed. And so, yeah, it's just a primer on everything you need to know about the modern pot scene. Nice. That's really cool. Um, there's also a section on cooking with cannabis. And I know, um, you know, you wrote that High Times book on edibles as well. Um, you're now going to be writing a column in the magazine as well, I would imagine, about uh, edibles with a recipe every month. Yeah, I've been doing a column online called Psychedelic Tessin, where every week I interview an edibles maker and recreate one of their recipes. So we're going to be bringing that column to the magazine and really sharing the recipes from the people who are out there in the world making these wonderful edible companies. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so everybody keep an eye out for that column in High Times Magazine, as well as right now on HighTimes.com. Um, Give people an idea of how they can uh, follow you through social media and things like that. You can find me on Facebook at High Times Cookbook, or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Elise McD420. Nice. Cool. Well, definitely follow her Instagram and her Twitter and Facebook and check out Marijuana for Everybody. That's available at headshop.hightimes.com as well as uh, in bookstores all around the world. And, Mike, you got anything to say about marijuana for everybody? I do. Actually, I, do, I like this section in the back, Danko's Best Questions. Nice. It's, you know, as you would imagine, it's pretty short. But, um, <laughs> yeah, there's wow. some there's a little Danko in this book. So, yes, everybody, yeah. go out and get the definitive guide to getting high, feeling good, and having fun. Thanks, Elise McDonough. Thank you, guys. We'll be back. All right, you guys probably already know this, but our, our favorite sponsor is BC Northern Lights. Um, they make the best grow boxes in the business. They've been doing it for years, over a decade. Um, you can get up to five harvests a year in these boxes. Um, they're solid. They're built in uh, Canada um, from the right kind of materials. There's professional and safe wiring, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, you can add CO2 to boost your bud sizes. There's really effective odor control. Um, everything's automated, the timers, the pumps, everything. So um, here's the deal. I mean, you can buy one of these things. Yes, they are pricey. That's because they're effective. And within 10 to 12 weeks, you can harvest. I mean, that's the thing. You, you, you veg for two to three weeks or a month, and then you flower for two months, and you're done. So within three months, you could be harvesting your own, you know, weight of buds with these machines the roommate the bloom box the producer um, they even make drying machines to to handle that harvest time odor that uh, sometimes can be overpowering so please check out our friends at bcnorthernlights.com you can call them at 888-236-1266 and uh, they have a special deal if you mention free weed from danny danko you can get uh, i believe it's like six months of free nutrients but uh, yeah give them a call find out about these grow boxes there's applications for everybody um, you can be completely self-perpetuated uh, with mother plants, clones, and a vegging space and a flowering space, or you can get the producer and just pop clones in there and just constantly harvest over and over and over. So if you want free weed, you know, get yourself over to bcnorthernlights.com and get yourself a grow box, uh, pop some seeds or get some clones and get growing today. All right. Thank you, Elise. Uh, we are back. And uh, Dan? 
I feel like it's been about a fortnight. Yeah, it could even maybe be two fortnights. It might be multiple fortnights. Strain of the fortnight. Let's do it. What do you got for us? I The strain of this fortnight is very important. This strain is called CBD God. Um, if people are familiar with the God Bud from BC Bud Depot, they'll know uh, the flavor and the kind of the growth patterns and things. It's very indica, very um, typical indica strain. But what happened is uh, um, the breeders at BC Bud Depot found a high... Um, not super high, but like a 4% CBD uh, godbud phenotype. And basically they pollinated that with a male harlequin, which is a very high CBD strain and ended up with like a nice variety, a range of phenos, um, some high in CBD, some a little higher in THC, some even balanced at one-to-one THC to CBD, which is actually um, very highly sought after ratio. Uh, don't believe the hype that you just want pure CBD. There has to be whole plant medicine. You have to have the entourage effect. There must be at least a small percentage of THC for the CBD to be effective. If you're a medical patient and you're using CBD, uh, definitely do not believe the hype on any Chinese hemp paste or anything that claims to be pure CBD with no THC at all. There has to be some THC. So uh, some people want that one-to-one. Some people want a four-to-one CBD to THC ratio. It really depends on what works for you and what you're looking for. Um, the cool thing about the strain is it's easy to grow. So people who are beginners who are just, you know, kind of overwhelmed by uh, a lot of the information out there on how to grow um, could really do well by getting themselves CBD God seeds from BC Bud Depot. Um the flowering time is uh, eight to nine weeks, so a little bit long on the indica side, but uh, still, like I said, even for beginners, that indica-dominant nature of the plant makes it really easy to grow. Um, Godbud, you know, it's got a great taste. It's like it's known for its potency. The other cool thing is, is this was developed in uh, Vancouver Island, so it really can withstand a wide variety of uh, of um, you know, uh, bad weather, moldy conditions, things that some strains just can't handle. Um, CBD God actually has like the vigor to withstand because of the place where it's uh, bred and raised. So um, check them out at bcbuddepot.com. They've been multiple winners, uh, great strains from the Canadian wilderness. And uh, yeah, this one's great. Particularly, I get a lot of people asking me for CBD-rich strains that they can buy in seed form because a lot of the stuff is clone only and very hard to find. Uh, here's one that will ship to you, and uh, you can be growing a CBD strain within a couple of weeks. So check out CBD God from BC Bud Depot. All right, uh, CBD God. And now, Danko, you have the opportunity to play God in our very spooky cultivation tip of the week. It's all about reanimating gardens. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, let's start with the first one. Now, what happens if you have a, a clone that is just lost to the world? Is there any way to bring it back? Uh, well, there is cellular cloning. Now, it's pretty advanced technology um, where basically a, a piece of a plant is placed into agar, uh, not really a solution, kind of a gel, uh, and then can be reanimated in the future in a similar way to how we clone plants, but actually on a cellular level. So um, much, much harder than cloning an actual uh, cutting, 
that you would take off a plant because it's on a cellular basis um, and it's suspended in that agar solution. You really kind of need a lab to do that. But um, I've seen it done. You know, I've seen uh, some of the seed companies and some of the people who are trying to preserve uh, genetics using those techniques. Uh, but, you know, it's really not so much for the layman. Uh, and again, you know, you bring a plant back to life. You never know if it's going to be like a Frankenstein type of plant or not. Yeah. So you got to be careful. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not like that. Everything has to be very sterile. Uh, you need a lab kind of environment. Uh, you got to send Igor out to get the brains and hope that he comes back with like not an Abbey normal brain. But... <laughs> yes, young Frankenstein reference there. Well played. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but cellular, um, you know, cellular cloning is is a pretty difficult thing to do. But you can go and look online and Google it and see. Um, basically, it's kind of a last resort for some people and. Um, you know, for people who are interested in genetics, it's very important because it's a great way to basically put a plant into suspended animation, like uh, you know, like Han Solo frozen into the thing or whatever. Like they just stay and they wait, and then you can do with them what you will in the future. Okay, so, so yeah. that's how you would resurrect a, a strain that has disappeared. That's the cellular way, but yes. uh, there's other ways, right? For the purposes of this silly thing that we're doing, though, that is the, the best way to do that. Uh, yes. What about if you have a garden and it's full of yellowing, dying plants? Okay. How could you bring them back to life? You have a problem. It could be uh, a nutrient deficiency kind of problem, or it could be a pH problem, because a pH problem uh, will actually disguise itself as a deficiency because nutrients can't be absorbed. You could be adding plant food and plants are still going more and more yellow because the pH, um, which is basically the you know, acidity or alkalinity of that soil mix, is too high or too low. So uh, my advice, as always, flush the plants out completely with just plain water, if hopefully pH balanced around 6.5 or so uh, water, and flush them out, uh, get whatever... Uh, toxins and everything are there out and then you know ph test the water that's coming out ph test the water you put in make sure that this you know, use a soil kit uh ph test kit to make sure the soil isn't typically what happens is they go low so you need ph up sometimes they go high but either way um with soil it's somewhat forgiving you know f i'd say you want to be somewhere between 5.8 and 6.5 or so with soil with hydro a little lower maybe 5.8 three to 5.8 you know a little lower but um, that's if it's a pH issue and um, flushing all that out will help you decide that if it's a overwatering issue same same process flush it all out and start from scratch um, make sure the pHs and everything are balanced and then start adding nutrient solution in very mild doses uh, just to you know ensure that the plant has some food but isn't overeating and isn't over uh, fertilized. So that's how you bring those plants back to life. I mean, basically you just need a ton of water through their root systems to clean out whatever it is that you poison them with in the first place. All right, Dr. Dankenstein, that's good. <laughs> now let's do one more. Let's right. say you have some plants that have moved on to flowering. Mm -hmm. How could you bring them back to vegging? Okay, uh, well, basically, there's a, a practice called revegging. It's not something I, I recommend unless you really need to do it. But if you've flowered, you know, you've grown out some seeds and you flowered one and it's just incredible and you want to hold on to it for the future, 
you can harvest the buds leaving the main stalk leaving uh some some fan leaves definitely you've got to leave some green growth on there you got to have some leaves you got to have stalks and then you take that uh, basically nude kind of stripped plant uh which really is just going to have a handful of, of fan leaves on it that and everything else the buds you've harvested and you put that plant under uh let's say 20 hours of light a good veg schedule um you know keep it watered keep it uh well lit and you will see shoots coming out vegetative shoots coming out of that plant and um you know from that point you can either use that as your mother plant you can take cuttings of those shoots once they get big enough and start a new mother plant uh whatever it might be uh it's not an easy process but it can be done and i've seen it i've done it uh so uh, if it's something where you know you tasted, you, you smelled the bud, and you're like, I cannot lose this. I have to have this back. Then uh, reanimate it and reveg it, and you will see that uh, you know it might take three weeks or a month or so to see growth start to form because the plant is recovering from the fact that you've you know chopped most of it off. But uh, just like any other life form, it wants to live, and you know we call it weed for a reason. So. You put it under that vegetative schedule of light, it will send out new shoots, and then those shoots can be taken as clones to make moms. The whole plant itself could be a mom, or um, you could reflower it even and just get more flowers from it if you'd like. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dr. Dankenstein, for playing God there and giving three tips to reanimating your garden. Uh, what do you say we move on? Let's kill that music. All right. What do you say? Uh, we move on to my favorite part of the show. It is listener questions answered by you, Danny Danko, on free weed. Let's do it. Okay, so if you have a question that you would like Dan to answer on this show, uh, you could reach us on Twitter. He is at Danny Danko. I am at MyQs underscore. You could also get us uh, by email. It is freeweed at hightimes.com. Let's get started here. Okay, first off the bat, hi, my name is Joseph. Up here in Canada, grams cost 60 bucks. I would like to get a free ounce from you. <laughs> mm, that's not All really right. how the show works. Yeah, that's not really how the show works. I know it's kind of false advertising because it's called free weed. <laughs> $60 a gram is pretty tough. That's hardcore. And yeah, Is that Canadian? Because that would be really tough. I mean, either way. Yeah. Canadian or American, that's a high price to pay for bud. So, you know, as the premise of the show goes, uh, grow your own and you'll have free weed. Uh, I know it's false advertising, <laughs> but uh, we don't just mail out ounces to people uh, randomly. I wish I could. Um, that'd be pretty lucrative, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, I can't do that. So, um, but please be my guest. Get yourself a BC Northern Lights grow box. Get yourself some seeds and start growing. And you'll find that it's a lot cheaper than sixty bucks a gram when you're producing it on your own. And you guys up there, you can do outdoor. You can do greenhouses. You can do all kinds of stuff. You got all the room in the world to spread your wings and fly and if you don't uh you could check out bc northern lights get some grow boxes uh let's move on to sam uh, sam writes i use ebb and flow method i'm getting light green algae on my roots i have now covered my tank with plastic to block off the light but the algae is still in the grow cube what should i use to flush the algae out uh, well, you know, rather than flushing it out, I, you can always try a, a very, very mild uh, hydrogen peroxide kind of solution in your reservoir. Very mild. But um, ideally, just cover your blocks. I'm assuming they're in rock wool cubes. 
Um, typically, rock, Rockwell cubes don't have covers on the top, but if you can just fashion some kind of a opaque, um, I know there's companies that sell uh, covers for them too, um, but basically you just don't want light and water meeting in that because that's what creates algae. So uh, if you cover those cubes up um, with some kind of, uh, you know, ideally white reflective material, um, flat white uh, material, then light can't reach the water that's accumulated in your Rockwell cube and that uh, algae won't form in the first place and you can kill it off just by uh, depriving it of light because it's using the nutrients as well. I mean, it's actually, uh, you know, it's not super duper harmful to have it there, but it's also not ideal and it just looks ugly and it's, it's ideally just not part of your, uh, hydro system. So, uh, that's my recommendation is basically don't let any light. And you said you covered your reservoir, but you got to cover up the, uh, the wet rock wool cubes as well. Okay. Cool. Thank you, Sam. Hopefully that helps you out. Uh, let's move on to uh, James. Hey, guys. Um, here in the mitten, I love the show. Keep up the awesome work. So here's my question. What's your take on using black lights? Black lights? Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand the question. Do you have, like, some really cool rock posters you want to check out? So maybe, like, looking for semen for in a hotel growing? room or something? Yeah, I mean, I've heard of... A <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, I've you can't heard be of, too careful. Heard Those of, things are filthy. That's true. I've heard of people using black lights, um, but I just, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, there's really no reason for it. Uh, it's not a spectrum, I think, that's necessary for the growth process and, and all that. I'd stick with, uh, you know, your regular HID, uh, high-intensity discharge grow lights like metal halides or high-pressure sodiums, uh, and leave the black lights out of it altogether. I mean, I know some of the air filtration systems and, and water filtration systems sometimes use ultraviolet light and things like that. Um, that's a whole completely different application. But as far as black lights in the grow room, uh, totally unnecessary in my opinion. Interestingly though. But maybe kind of trippy. Yeah, it could be trippy. Um, this is interesting. I, I do, you know, some of the picks of the crop. I know you do as well. I recognize this email address as having sent in some pretty banging photos of marijuana. So um, you must be doing something right with those black lights. <laughs> All right. So thanks, James. Let's move on to uh, John. Hi, Danny and Mike. Been listening since the first episode. You guys rule. That's right. Uh, I'm an oil field geologist in West Texas, and I've grown for about four years now for several reasons. I consider myself an intermediate skill level grower. Uh, my question is, uh, now that I've harvested my plants from the ground, can I leave my five gallon buckets with flowering plants in the greenhouse overnight? Our day length is about to go under 12 hours of visible light. Will the moonlight cause problems for what, we are, for what are essentially indoor plants? I would love to use my greenhouse for flowering if that's possible. Uh, you know, if you think that the moonlight might play a role, then you should basically employ light depth techniques and uh, you know cover the greenhouse at night um, so that the moonlight can't get in. Now, um, plants that have been raised outdoors their whole lives won't be affected by moonlight in that kind of way. But like you said, these are indoor plants going outside, so they're like a little bit more finicky, a little more uh, tough to manage. So it's possible that they might kind of freak out over something like moonlight. But like I said, if you have something opaque like a black... Uh, you know, plastic or something that you can pull over the greenhouse or have, you know, a winch or some people have like solar panels that will just do it automatically every 12 hours. They'll open and close. Um, 
But if you do that, you can be assured that the moonlight won't affect your plants and that you'll, they'll just stay in the flowering uh, stage. So I, that's what I recommend. It's pretty much just a cheap piece of plastic and some kind of way that you can get it on and off uh, you know, for 12 hours, every 12 hours or every 24 hours. Or so. Well, every 12 on, every 12 off. Exactly. So that's my recommendation if you're worried about the moonlight. He also goes on to say, listen very care. This is all caps. Listen very carefully, High Times. Keep this podcast going. Failure to do so will result in you being accosted a second time. I don't know what that means. Wow. Sounds kind of like a threat. Uh, yeah, I mean. But like they, in they our like favor. The sh- yeah, they right. like the show. It yeah. sounds like they, he likes the show. Uh, my other thing is, dude, be super careful growing in Texas, man, mm-hmm. because. West Texas, no less. You are not you're in the belly of the beast right there and you're not in a very favorable place to be doing that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, you might be tied, tied to there for whatever reasons, but please consider moving to a more pot friendly place to do your growing if, if you can. All right. And he signs off big respect oil field mafia. Big Let, respect. Yes. Nice. Yes. Uh, let's move on. Danny, I uh, just finished listening to episode 71 and heard you advise against switching from shorter to longer light periods to avoid plant stress. What I'd like to know is, can I safely transition my plants from longer veg lighting periods to shorter ones? What do you think? Uh, You can. I mean, there's a certain point where certain plants will just automatically think that any loss of light uh, is an inducement for them to flower. But hopefully, you know, you don't have those kind of plants. but truth be told, you can go from, you know, 22 hours of light to 20 hours of light or 18 hours of light without the plant freaking out. Well, he says here, I'd like to take your advice to get away from 24-0. My plants are currently on something more like 19-5. Yeah, 19-5 is fine. I mean, I, you know, it, I, de- I definitely, like I said, I don't recommend the 24-0 thing. Um, but, you know, if you give them 19-5, they will not flower. Um, if you go from 24 to 19 ideally they won't flower i mean you may want to do it incrementally you know but i in my opinion if they're getting 19 hours they're going to stay in their vegetative stage all right that's josh actually josh has a quick follow-up so let's do that um mr danko i've learned from listening to your podcast that light degrades thc because of this would it be best to perform my trimming only with green light what do you think just like a, a room lit entirely by green light uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, the the amount of time it takes you to trim uh, is not that much. I would dry in a dark room and with no green light or any light. Um, but as far as trimming, you know, the, the maximum amount of time any any particular plant matter is going to be in your hands being trimmed under light is an hour or two. So um, ideally, you want to be able to see what you're doing. And I don't think in a green light you're really going to have the best... Uh, vision uh, of what you're looking at and a lot of trimming is just basically trying not to like get your eyes crossed (laughs) while staring at this you know flower for hours and hours so and a lot of it also is trying to get in there and 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 get the uh, fan leaves right at the base of the fan leaf instead of you know leaving a lot of that like you know those stems of the fan leaves out to where the but they the bud is already there you know you really a proper trim requires really getting in there and i think you want a little more light during that time than uh, green light would provide now like i said once it's trimmed and you hang it up keep it in a dark place and store it in a jar and all that afterwards 
uh, away from light because light does degrade THC, but the, the hour or so that you're going to be trimming is, is less important in the degradation of the THC than it is for you to be able to see properly what you're doing with the trimming. All right, cool. Uh, really quickly, at Skywalker CO has a new uh, Danko strain name suggestion. He writes in uh, Fuego Danko. It's pretty good. Fire Danko. Yeah, that's good. I High Times has thought Fuego. about firing Danko many times, I believe. <laughs> so Fuego Danko will add that. And uh, we are almost out of time, but let's do one more. I wanted to get this one in. It is from Epilepsy Dad on the East Coast. He writes, Dear Mike and Danny, uh, your show is a valuable resource to my family. I grow CBD-rich strains to make medicine for my son, who has epilepsy. Although it's not a miracle cure yet, the medicine is definitely helping. I started listening around episode 45. I have to go back and listen to all the old ones because there was so much good information. My question for you. Uh, since I'm growing for extraction and not bud appeal, uh, do you have any tips for maximizing cannabinoids? Also, would you use the whole plant, stems and all, when extracting? Right now, I just use the bud and sweet leaf. So what do you think? Uh, well, as to the second part, I wouldn't necessarily use stems, and I would definitely use bud and sweet leaf, but I would also use fan leaf um, because there is CBD contained within the, the, the cellular structure of the, the plant itself, and it's not just in the trichomes uh, you know, where the essential oils like THC and things are, are held. And now for some of our novices out there, explain that difference. So the sweet leaves are the ones that are closer that's up to the, the bud? Yeah, it's the stuff that you basically trim off that's cl that's basically coming out of the bud, whereas a fan leaf, are the much those are the much larger leaves um, that sort of come out uh, much further than the buds, the, you know, uh, power plants, so to speak, of the, the bud sites themselves. So, um, yeah, and as far as, what was the first well, part of the uh, question? Tips to maximizing cannabinoids. So he's just growing to extract the, the medicine, not for the actual pot itself. Right. Well, I mean, in that case, then, you know, things like CO2 are, aren't as important in what you're doing because it's just going to add mass. So um, really just uh, a proper amount of light. Um, definitely use organic nutrients and organic, uh, you know, pest control if you have to deal with any of that. The, you know, size of the buds and the beauty of the buds isn't quite as important. So, you know, you, you don't, don't necessarily have to have the light, you know, as close to the plants as you would if you're growing for, you know, a cannabis cup winning bud type garden. Um, it can be a little leafier. It can be a little stretchier. All of those things aren't as, of as much importance when you're going to do it for, you know, CBD extraction. Um, the important thing is just make sure you have a high CBD strain and make sure it's the one that works for your son's epilepsy and then make sure you don't lose it. You know, hang on to a mother plant of it, keep it, you know, safe, um, something you can take clones from whenever you need. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically what I would recommend. Just make sure, um, you know, like I said, you don't have to have the light quite as close so you're not going to fear like burning the tops or anything like that um and all that extra lumber isn't really of, of of much of a concern all right very good and he also writes uh let's make mike a proper co-host and add his name to the title couldn't agree more thank you epilepsy dad on the east coast uh that does it for q a here why don't we take a little break come back and put a bow on it let's do it All right, so that's episode number 72. Um, thanks to everyone who came to our party. 
Uh, don't forget to check out covertocover.hightimes.com for every single issue of High Times ever made in digital form. Um, don't forget to vote. Thank you to Jacques and Winstrong. Thank you, of course, to Elise McDonough, our guest, talking about edibles and her new book, Marijuana for Everyone. And, yeah, thanks to you, Mike, the producer, the co-host, the... And new High Times senior editor. Senior editor. We're both getting up there, huh? That's right. Two senior citizens here. Does that just mean we're old or does that mean we're good? It definitely means we're old. (laughs) And it possibly could mean the other thing. All right. Everybody out there, have an awesome Halloween. Enjoy your Halloween. Hope to see you guys in Amsterdam at the Cannabis Cup. If not, uh, Los Angeles in February at our Cannabis Cup there. And, uh, yeah. Free weed. Episode 72. Don't forget to vote. Put this one in the books. 